Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, our second lesson today comes at the very end of the Apostle Paul's spirit-inspired letter to the Ephesians. The first half of the letter was largely doctrinal. He emphasized the truth that we are saved by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, and, and what all that means. And in the second half of the letter, he turns to more practical questions of how we as believers in Christ shall live. Chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, brings that section to a conclusion, not with a summary, but with the final thoughts that kind of hold everything together. Now, this section contains a lot of imperatives, commands, things that we are told to do. But as I reread verses 10 through 17 right now, I would like for you to listen for the, the one thing that Paul really, most importantly, wants Christians to do, and that is the reason for all the other things he tells us to do. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day and after you have done everything to stand. Stand, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness fastened in place, and with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace tied to your feet like sandals. At all times, hold up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, so what did you get? Certainly, be strong is prominent right there at the first, and, and put on and, and take up the full armor of God kind of summarizes the section, but what gives us the foundation for all of that are the two places Paul explains, so that, what is the purpose of being strong? What is the purpose of using this spiritual armor? So that we Stand. Stand against the schemes of the devil and stand on the day, any day, when evil comes and keep on standing, no matter how much we are pushed, no matter how much we are shoved or pulled, attacked or assaulted. Stand. If we are weak instead of strong, we will not stand. If we are unwise or unprotected, we will not stand. If we are unready, we will not stand. And we need to stand. Because the alternative is, to put it mildly, not good. We have an enemy. We have enemies. And we are in danger all the time. The greatest and the original enemy is the devil, Satan himself. Just as he sought to turn Adam and Eve from God's way to sin and succeeded, 
He seeks all the time to do the same with us. And he especially targets believers because nothing suits him more than taking away what is good and godly in us and then taking us to hell with him because misery loves company. Do not underestimate the power of his temptations or the seriousness of his attacks on you or on the church. His hatred is real and his power is great. He truly is out to get us and is constantly scheming to trip us up and bring us down. And he is not alone. Paul lists here the ranks of Satan's spiritual followers, the the evil ones who, who fight on his side against Christ and his church against us. The apostle also tries to shift our focus so that we recognize that, that when we suffer opposition and persecution in this world as Christians, because we belong to and follow Jesus, that even though flesh and blood people are the instruments of those attacks, it is the devil and his forces of evil who are behind them, inspiring, guiding, and, and goading them on whether they realize it or not. And let us not forget that spiritual dangers do not arise only from the outside. Inside each one of us is a traitorous, sinful nature, collaborating and colluding with Satan, agreeing with his every evil idea and impulse, and striving in every instant to turn us away from truth and godliness and turn us inward to self-satisfaction and rebellion. And because the church and our congregation is made up of individuals, here too we will always find errors and missteps, resentments and bad attitudes, strife and selfishness, even outright disobedience to His Word. There are threats to our spiritual life and health everywhere we turn, except when we turn to the Lord. In Him there is safety and strength to stand on the evil day and to stand against the schemes of the devil. We cannot do it on our own. And that is something that we know well from how we got here in the first place. We were sinners incapable of saving ourselves, and only God could save us. Jesus explained our natural state and its inclinations vividly in our gospel today. From within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and make a person unclean. By nature, that is all we are and do. And since we are so corrupt within, there is clearly nothing we can do in our own strength or from our own initiative that can actually bring us close to God, let alone merit a place in His paradise. But even though we deserve nothing but death and damnation to hell, what Satan wants for us is not what the Lord wants for us. God loves us 
even though we do not deserve it. He cares for us despite our disobedience. And he determined to redeem us even though we rebel against his will. And so he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be our Savior. As both God and man in one person, he took our place in in suffering everything that we deserved for our sins, even death. And he also acted for us in obeying all his Father's laws and will, so that everything he endured and everything he did counted for every one of us sinners. He did it all from love, and he did it all for free. All there is for us is to trust it and trust him, leaving both our our sin and our self-reliance behind and instead embracing his amazing grace. And with his grace and love and mercy, comes God's promises to take care of his own and his mighty power to do everything to protect them. It doesn't matter that we cannot stand against evil on our own because when we are strong in the Lord, we are unmovable and invulnerable. So Paul tells us how. He uses the illustration of a soldier prepared for battle who knows enough not to engage the enemy in his street clothes and who also recognizes that the armor he puts on is a a set and not independent pieces to be used by themselves. Buckle the belt of truth around your waist. This belt is not a a thin leather or cloth thing like we use to hold up our pants. It is instead the the section of armor that protects your waist and midsection. This shows that truth is not just some abstract concept or relative value. Truth is the objective and unyielding nature of God and the power of his revelation that resists every attack that seeks to, to reword the commandments, add to or subtract from the Bible, or redefine right and wrong in order to permit sin or promote rebellion. Buckle up and fasten the breastplate of righteousness in place. Your, your chest and, and, and torso, your, your heart, your, your breath, your, your life, they are protected by loving and doing what is right, what is in keeping with God's will. The more you allow your heart to be tuned or, or turned to what the world or your flesh values, the weaker your defenses will be. But righteousness... Righteousness will be for you not a liability, but your strength. And also have your feet ready for action, shod with the gospel of peace. These war sandals give you a firm footing and free movement to respond as you need. When you know that you are at peace with God, Because Jesus paid for every one of your sins. And his blood 
shed on the cross washed them all away, well then, you can withstand Satan's every attempt to drive you to despair or, or load you down with guilt. And you can withstand his every enticement to return to sin. The gospel also gives us every answer we need to the, the challenges of those who oppose our message and the confidence to stand firm against their opposition. But that is not all the armor. Also, hold up the shield of faith. This does not only protect against the thrusts and blows of attacks right in front of us, but also against the attacks that, that rain down unseen from a distance like flaming arrows. The Holy Spirit's gift of faith is exactly what we need to keep those silent, sudden, and piercing darts from doing damage. They just bounce off, extinguished, because the one in whom we trust is infinitely greater than the one who assaults us. And then take the helmet of salvation, knowing what God has done for you in Christ allows you to, to hold your head up high, confident on the field of battle, and able to see everything as it truly is. And then finally, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You are not in this fight. You are not standing on the field of battle only to resist attacks, only on the defensive no, you have a powerful weapon with which to go on the offensive. As the writer to the Hebrews described it, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, Christians are not, not, called to be some kind of spiritual pacifists. Far too many believers today seem to have gotten the idea that, that, that what's most important is that we be nice. Nice whenever someone presents an argument for a false religion or, or advocates for a godless philosophy, and that we should just let them talk without making a case for Christianity. Maybe, maybe at most we should... Try to make them interested in Jesus by, by being a good person, but that's about it. That is not what we are called to do or to be. Instead, we are to be always ready to give an answer, actively give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ. And we, we as it turns out, have been given exactly the weapon we need, not only to counter spiritual attacks, but also to make our own assaults on unbelief, on error and evil. Take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Here in Ephesians 6, there, there is, is one more aspect to our readiness for spiritual battle that, that, that doesn't really come out in, in English translation. All of these commands said to be strong, to put on, to stand, and so on, all of them are, are in the plural and this reminds us as Christians that although we fight our individual battles against Satan and his allies, we also fight together 
as a congregation and as the church. We stand together in God's strength together. Consider how in an actual battle, each soldier must fight and stand his ground on his own. But it is the collective effort of all the soldiers standing and fighting together that wins the battle. But if individuals decide not to train or to prepare or not not to fight, if a soldier fails to stand his ground, well, then the entire force is put in danger and the battle may be lost. So what is missing from this appeal to stand in God's strength? Perhaps only what Paul emphasized elsewhere in his letters and would already have been understood by his first readers. Where it is that we find the Lord's power and the armor and the weapons that he wants us to wield. We find them in the means of grace, the gospel, in the word of God, and the sacraments. It doesn't do you or me or anyone much good to wait until the enemy attacks to put on your armor or or train with your weapon. You need to be ready before the battle is joined. And so we make sure we go to the Bible regularly for training in righteousness and, and to equip us for every work ahead of us. We hold on to the baptisms by which God claimed us as His own, even as He washed us from our sins. And through that, we have our faith strengthened. And we go to the Lord's Supper as often as we can because we thirst not only for the forgiveness of sins that we are are tangibly offered from the altar, but we also hunger for the fortifying of our faith that comes with Christ's body and blood in the bread and wine. And also, since we are not alone in our battles against evil, we also find strength in our fellowship in the family of faith that the Holy Spirit has brought us into. We are not Lone Ranger Christians and never were meant to be. Which is why Paul makes one final appeal here in Ephesians 6 about something to do as all of Christ's people. At every opportunity, pray in the Spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. Stay alert for the same reason, always persevering in your intercession for all the saints. Pray for me also, that when I open my mouth, a message will be given to me that boldly reveals the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may speak about it boldly, as it is necessary for me to speak. Pray. Yes, pray for yourself and for your needs but pray especially for your fellow Christians and their needs here and all over the world. And pray for pastors and teachers and missionaries like Paul that that they might speak well and speak boldly as they share the, the saving Word of God with sinners lost in guilt and unbelief. And please, please pray for me. Not only that the right words come out of my mouth, but also that I not put my foot in it. Pray that I might be the best pastor I can be and serve you the best that I can. That I can better do the things I struggle with and better reach the people I need to reach. Pray for all 
of God's servants and for your leaders here at Christ Lutheran, that they be equipped and encouraged, guided and comforted, and always ready to respond as the Lord would want them to to whatever situation and service is required. That is how we will stand and stand together in the Lord, in His might and power around the means of grace. That is not just what we want. It is what God wants. And He is infinitely capable, infinitely powerful, and absolutely on our side. He will give us whatever we need, whenever we need it. And so we stand in God's strength. Amen. Please rise. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which God has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen.